Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hue Virtual Chat. Well, we got a bit of sad news today. We are going to be in code red until January 8th, 2021. We were looking so forward to finally leaving 2020, but hey, 2020 is getting to look a lot like 2021. But anyways, I just want to make a quick announcement, though, as we're heading into the holiday season. There are so many people doing so many great things to make sure that people do celebrate Christmas and have a happy holiday. So a big shout out to Yvonne Peltier. For 25 years now, she has been working hard to make gift bags for the families who have babies in the neonatal unit at St. Boniface Hospital. She and a bunch of other nurses have been doing this for so long, actually handmade crafts for the little ones and really giving some cheer to the families that really desperately need to have some comfort and especially this year with COVID. So Yvonne has been really busy because things have to be in the hospital 14 days just to sit there before they even get the gift bags together. And uh, the deadline is this week, but you know what folks, cash donations or anything is really, really, uh, Yvonne would be so grateful. So you can give her a shout at 204-253-1425 or email Yvonne at yvonne.peltier, and that's spelled P-E-L-L-E-T-I-E-R 204 at gmail.com. So there are so many others that are doing so much great work. I suggest that maybe this year you show support to not only the local businesses, but also to the local charities. But there are some really fun things happening. So uh, we're gonna have some fun today, and it is Christmas cheer. I asked all the ladies to bring their favorite holiday drink. It is three o'clock in Winnipeg. So, you know, we're okay now. Anyways, let's open the doors and invite all of our guests in for this U virtual chat number 44. Hey, hi, Kirsten. Hi, Jordan. Lovely artwork behind you. Andrea, it's so nice to virtually meet you. Hello and welcome to the Hue Virtual Chat. Uh, we will Thank be having some more people coming in. I think Margo is around as soon as we get the screens up. Um, everybody, you're muted right now, so you just remember to unmute yourself. But uh, anyways, uh, everybody hear the news yet? We're in, I did. <laughs> we're in lockdown until January 8th. It's like, oh my goodness, 2021 is... Um, not looking like the brand new year that we hoped it would be, but wow, there's so much, yeah, that we want to chat about. So I'm going to start first, though, uh, with Andrea, Andrea Lockett, and she is a district vice president uh, with Scotia Bank. Um, amongst other things, she is really proud of a certain program that Scotia Bank is putting forward 
And I think, you know, Andrea, when we were having the email conversation, um, you know, the, the growing concern was definitely local businesses and especially the entrepreneurs. And, you know, we had discussed to just women getting a bank loan and even learning about finances. You know, it, it, it still is foreign and, and I'm one of them too. And, uh, you know, I was really impressed learning more about this women's initiative. So please, ladies, welcome Andrea to the talk. And Andrea, I'm going to let you uh, talk about the women's initiative and everything that it involves. Perfect. Thanks so much. Uh, it's great to be here and virtually meet you as well. Uh, def definitely, um, Scotiabank Women Initiative is something I've been passionate about and involved with since it started. Um, and it started about two years ago, actually this week, exactly. And um, really where it came from was acknowledging that there's different needs that women business owners might have or bring to the table um, when coming to banking for credit, as well as different educational information we could provide um, and different mentorships. Because sometimes as women, we don't put our hands up to get that information. So um, the bank uh, decided to launch two years ago this program, which is a, a three piece program. And the first piece is access to financing. And so the commitment was to inject $3 billion of financing through women-led or partially led or owned businesses across uh, Canada. And right now we're um, two thirds of the way through that and injecting those funds into Canada. And I think it's a little different than some of the other programs out there because when you actually come and are part of the program, we flag the account so that when um, we're we're sending into credit for review of the deals. It actually goes to a different department, a different credit department that has a second set of eyes, um, maybe from a female perspective. Um, and so I, I can say confidently that they're definitely taking more consideration into different needs for uh, women entrepreneurs versus maybe just looking at the five C's or the, or the basic things they would look at. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece would be mentorship. So um, a group of executives across Canada have been providing mentorship opportunities and discussions uh, across Canada to female entrepreneurs, um, more on a one-on-one -on -one or one to 10 kind of ratio or have been before COVID. And then the last one is more um, local boot camps is what they've called them or initiatives. And what that piece is really um, building the education and the conversation with women uh, just to make sure that, you know, they know where the resources are. We're partnering with local community organizations that are already existing and just making sure that we're really trying to be present out there in our um, different areas across Canada and our different towns or cities across Canada to be there and support individuals. And then a big piece of that also is the online access to educational information uh, through the website of the Scotiabank Women Initiative. You can have access to free resources, free tools, free business planning. Uh, we partnered with Dr. Barbara Orser out of Ontario in Ottawa, um, and she actually provided materials around how to finance your enterprise, how to build a business plan, a bunch of different things um, that are useful that maybe we didn't know where to look for or have access to. So that's probably a long, long-winded answer, but um, it's definitely the program is meant to, you know, educate, share information with women, make sure we're giving financing to women, and really being out there in our communities across Canada to support women as they want to build and grow their businesses. Wow, you know, what? I think I think that's so important right now. Uh, and, you know, 
you don't quite often see a lot of that big support from the big banks. And I, I think I can speak, you know, on behalf of all of us here, we're all entrepreneurs, we all have our own businesses and growing. I guess my question to you, Andrea, what are the key things? I know that um, with me and with, with Hugh and Hugh at home and everything, being online, people want to know the numbers, they want to know this and that. Um, and I'm sure too, like if you're a business, they, you know, they want to know your numbers. What kind of finance structure do you need to have or what kind of online presence do you need to have when going and looking for financial support? Like, I think the key things are um, just like any, you know, going through credit. So it depends on where you're at. But the, the first thing to start with really is a business plan to, to really think about your business. Where's the value in your business? And and um, we can help you with that, like whether you have someone you're talking to to figure out your business plan or if you even just speak to a business advisor at, at, and it doesn't have to be our bank, any bank, they can help figure out like what's your business plan, what's the value, how um, how do you want to grow, how do you want to start it out and that, that's the first piece of it and then there's obviously when you go apply for credit, if you're trying to get financing, there's there's different ways to get financing, but they're always the five C's of credit, just like in the personal world is the same in the small business world. Um, so those are obviously important um, to go over and to make sure that, you know, your business plan aligns with it. But really, it starts with a conversation with um, your advisor on where to go. And then it is really important to ensure you have a team, um, you know, you have an accountant that you're talking to to figure out that piece of it. Um, the banking, obviously, uh, your partners in your business, how you set up the business, what your goals are, things like that. So I think it does really start with just the conversation. Like you don't need to come to the bank with here's my full business figured out. You can come to the bank and say, you know, I have this idea. Those are the best ones. Like I love hearing we have this idea. How can we do it? Right? Yeah, you know, and how, how has the response been? Like you said, you're celebrating your second year actually this week, but how has the response been? It's been really good. And I think that um, how we've measured is really like the amount of enrollments, like we've increased. We've also um, been engaged on different levels. I know uh, here in Winnipeg last year, if you've heard of the um, Essential Platform Conference, that was the first conference ever. And we were the keynote speaker, I guess not the keynote speaker, but we were the key um, sponsor, title sponsor for that event on purpose. And it was the first women organized event in Winnipeg. And so that was really exciting. Met a lot of female entrepreneurs there and just carried on the conversation. Um, we did a virtual lunch and learn in the fall where again, we had through COVID some successful women winning through COVID to have the conversation around like what's going on? How are we gonna get through this together? So um, to me, it's really, the success has really come out when we partner with local um, women organizations, for example, Winnipeg Enterprise Center here in Winnipeg or Paro and Thunder Bay and across Canada, they have them. And we're really seeing the synergies and you know, women, women have this unique ability to connect with one another and and carry it through. So I'll meet someone at one group and I'll go to another group and everyone knows the same people, especially in uh, in Manitoba, I find we are all we all know the same people. So as soon as you kind of hear from someone and they want to share their experience and they want to share the best practices and help people succeed. So um, I think we have a great connection that way. And um, so once you start putting those people together and they hear that people are here to help you, it really kind of just flourishes the conversation. Yes, no yeah. doubt. 
Well, yes, Andrea, Winnipeg, we are six degrees of separation, probably even less. And some of the ladies will laugh at that one. Well, I'm going to open it up. Um, ladies, do you have any questions? I mean, because you all are businesswomen. You all run your own businesses. So Andrea's here is our kind of financial expert, whatever. You're smarter or you're richer than you think. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> slogan, but or anything in general, really. Well, yeah. Andrea, I would love to, I'm Linda. Draws it's nice to meet you. Um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about the local boot camps. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so what um, so what we've tried to do is, and sometimes we do partner, we actually have a national partnership now with MNP. Um, they were trying to figure out a kind of a women-sponsored program, so we've worked with them. And what we try to do is host, you know, at least two a year where um, we try to find topics of interest. So some of the ones we've done, and then we invite all of the women um, that we know who own businesses. We try to get the word out through different partners. So for example, one of the first ones we did was women in egg. And we had a speaker who, you know, very young female um, speaker who came and spoke to us about how she built her business. And um, I think it's probably fine if I, that that was um, smack dab, uh, like the mustard. So she came and she explained her kind of story. And then not only did we have her story, then we had, you know, someone around financial planning, an accountant. We had different people to kind of provide some resources and education. Um, and then... Other events that we've done, um, I would say, so we did do one in Winnipeg and one in Thunder Bay, and we've done them across Canada, but the ones I was involved with recently were, uh, how do you plan for retirement being a woman in business? You don't usually think about how are you going to retire? So we did an event um, where we had a, a specialist come in, she actually flew in from Vancouver, and we did a uh, breakfast kind of learn with Women's Enterprise Centre here in Winnipeg. We did it jointly and um, had the conversation around like, what do you need to think about? What steps do you need to plan? So it's all around trying to educate and help provide information that would be useful. The one in the fall, we um, partnered with, um, uh, oh, I'm going to say the wrong, the wrong name, but we partnered with like a food, um, the Academy Hospitality, the one that does um, uh, pizzeria gusto and the merchants and all that and they actually created a special menu for us and so we had about 50 people sign up and we had meals delivered to them around because it was a virtual one so we did like a virtual lunch and learn meeting in a box and then I hosted a panel with um, an indigenous leader in healthcare, um, the, a lady from Academy Hospitality and an MNP accountant to talk about through COVID, how have you had to shift and pivot and change priorities and what cash flow things should you be thinking of and different, like just useful things. So the boot camps are really, we um, try to get the word out through our partners, whether it's Winnipeg and uh, when Winnipeg um, Women's Enter Enterprise Center, whether it's uh, MNP, whether it's BDC we partner with, whether it's um, CFIB, like so it really just any partners we can will say, hey, let people know this is free. We want to just help educate and provide information that's valuable for them. So those would be, we usually like, I think we're going to do another one January 12th here in Winnipeg. Um, and the last one was October 26th. So we do try to do quite a few of them. Well, that's and great. Is there a way to get on a mailing list for that or is it yep. just, oh yeah. Yep. So you can either, like you can email me if you go on and I'm sure I can give my information or Tracy can give my information. Yeah. Oh, um, just need everybody chat their uh, info in the oh, yeah. chat line. And yeah, I can put uh, my email in there. Basically to sign up for women, like for the Scotiabank Women's Initiative, you don't have to do anything except for 
we consent to sending you emails, obviously, with the Newcastle requirements. We need to make sure that you're agreeing to us um, to contact you to let you know about the events. And literally, when you come into the bank, if you already are a Scotiabank um, client, we can um, just add it on to your profile saying, okay, now you've been flagged. And then you'll get a quarterly newsletter, which will tell you about the events or local events. We'll make sure to send out to you. So I can put my email address in there. And if you want to be added on, for sure, we can... We can definitely add you to the next one. Yay. Hi, mm. it's good to see you. Hey, nice to see you. So does anybody have any other questions for Andrea? Finances, planning, Jordan? Andrea, I have more of a kind of shout out for you because on recently a guest on the Startup Canada podcast and you guys sponsor that through this initiative, I think. So because it's a, they have um, a, two different podcasts and one is for women in business, uh, women who are have a startup. And that one's called Thrive Podcast through Startup Canada. Mm -hmm. And um, so when they first were doing the introductions and stuff, they're saying sponsored by Scotiabank. So it's interesting too, to be able to see you at a local level and also kind of at that national level and have all these different touch points with different women led initiatives, like the big conferences locally you're talking about. And then like also content developers and, you know, being here today on Tracy's show too, it's cool to see all the different touch points that I think sometimes we think of banks, like you're saying, as kind of these big organizations, but it's cool when you're seeing you supporting all of these different initiatives that are really that kind of grassroots level to help women in business in a broader sense. So not a question, but more of a, a shout out to some of the good work you guys are doing. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm glad that you see that because it is definitely something at all different levels of the bank we're trying to do right down to local down to walk into your branch um, or, you know, go to your local um, anywhere, like go to a local event and you see our name there. So we are trying to be more present in all levels. So that's great. Thank you. Andrea, I, I was just wa wondering our, a question too, like it's always pops into your mind now that you you obviously have worked very hard and you've got a very big position for yourself personally how have you seen sort of the climate the environment change in the the financial business in the financial arena which has been for well and it still is predominantly male yeah I think um definitely interesting question um I'm I've been a VP now for the last 11 years. My first VP position was when I was 27. And I think that uh, I was almost a little naive going into it at first. Um, and I think sometimes there definitely were some unconscious biases or some differences entering into kind of a male dominated one. But a lot of the time I always associated it to because I was young also. So I, I kind of didn't put as much um, weight onto it. And then as I progressed through my career, I definitely saw some um, changes. But I think that for the most part, they've all been really uh, welcoming and really encouraging. And I know that although there's a lot of opportunity to still increase at a high level in our organization and other organizations, female executives, I think there has it has come a long way. Um, and I think for me personally, um, on, on when I came to Scotiabank about three years ago, just seeing the importance to make sure that we're present in the marketplace and that we're speaking out. Uh, I don't think I realized before that how important it was. And I remember one of the first days that I started, um, they did an interview on, you know, women in leadership, because we have a, a group called Women in Leadership at Scotiabank, and they interviewed me and the responses and going to one of my first branches. And I had, um, you know, a 40 year old branch manager say to me, I'm so excited that you're a woman because 
to be honest, um, I think there was maybe one other vice president in, in Winnipeg that was a woman, but I was the first one for, from outside the organization. I was the youngest one. Um, and I saw in the employees and other women who want to succeed how important it was for them for me to actually be stronger than maybe I thought I needed to be right and to be more present and to be more vocal and when something like the women's initiative started to say no like we're going to do this and we're going to do this really well because it doesn't matter like it's important to me but it's more important to the other people in the organization so um, I think that yeah it's been male dominated a lot of the time going through the different companies that I've worked for and the experiences that I've had but I can definitely say it's progressing um, and quite, quite quickly, I think it's progressing and everyone has the same focus on making sure it is more diverse and inclusive, whether it's women or any other type of um, inclusivity that needs to be important right now. So, uh, yeah, so I think that I've had experiences, but they've all been really good and progressing to a great level. And, and I do think it's strong. It's really important that anyone is in a female leadership position to make sure you're almost stronger for the rest of the women out there. Yeah, you know what, uh, I think, yes, uh, we um, all kind of look to role models. And when you can see somebody in person being successful, it always makes it a little bit more real and I think attainable. And then, you know, speaking of accomplishments, I'm going to open it up to Jordan. It's so good to see you. Nice uh, to see you too. It's been yes. <laughs> I mean, someone too, again, you know, taking the initiative, having a dream, working, you know, toward it, see it come to fruition doing all of these cool things. Uh, I'm talking about creatory. And, and when Jordan first opened it, nobody really kind of knew what this was all about, but she created something so powerful and so meaningful in the artistic community. Uh, and right now it's been devastating because artists have had no place to go to um, the, except their homes. Uh, I know that they've had to pivot and Jordan, so what has 2020 brought to you, girl? <laughs> uh, I, I would say the first lockdown for us was um, excruciating for, for me, especially. Um, I had never thought I'd have, ever have to close my doors. Um, and at that time, they didn't really give us any idea of, of an idea of how we could be open. And it was just, we're shut down. Um, even my artists, they couldn't come into their studios. And then when we started to learn about more about the virus, I said, you know, you're in your own studio space, go to your studio, get your work done. That's good for people's mental health. Um, I have all kinds of rooms with studio spaces. Some of them have more than one artist. They're all really spaced out. So people started to come back and um, some of our artists uh, have mental health issues that are, um, you know, uh, harder to get by on and I I'm very strong mentally and I found it really hard and then I ended up receiving a Manitoba Arts Council grant for my art practice it was only $500 and it was to connect with artists online and it got me into my studio it got me producing art um, I was working on a show then for uh, September at Fleet Gallery and I, I froze for probably two and a half weeks. And uh, I thought, oh gosh, how can I do this? So when I received that grant in May, that, um, that got me going again. And I was really successful at my show at Fleet. I sold half my pieces 
And then I started working on my show for Gas Station Art Center and it was open only one day. And then we went through the lockdown and Hugh Conacher helped me hang the show. And I had uh, done a show with him at Not Art Gallery when I was a curator there briefly for about a year and a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a great opportunity. Unfortunately, it, it's, it's just there with the door closed. Um, but in terms of creatory now, um, mm-hmm. we're doing really well. Uh, people are buying online. I sold 30 art cards today. I mean, it's not much. Sometimes those those sales come in and it's just like a $6 card means so much to me right now. Um, but then, you know, last weekend I sold an $800 Diamond Doug Keith painting of a horse. Um, and it's on a payment plan because the person on the other end can't, you know, pay it all at once. So we're working with people to make sure that they're getting their art and mm-hmm. um, that they can continue to do what they what they love. And I've been I've been doing pictures outside, holding the art up to show people what it looks like, um, just to build context around the art. Because one of the problems is on social media, you see a, a little thumbnail this big, and you don't really get to see that it's five feet or three feet or two feet. So, kind of bringing the art outside has sort of Um, help people understand what it is that we have and I have over 200 pieces on our website right now it is really (laughs) hard to put those on there you make sure that we have your uh, website uh, gallery there okay and so are you taking the art pieces like outside of your art gallery on Adelaide there yeah I'm taking photos of them outside with uh, Dave Suzuki who's a photographer And uh, he's just taking the photos on his iPhone. We're running in and out in the cold. Um, I'm going out without my jacket on. Um, well, today, so I so look bad. better, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, I, the first post I did, I got a huge response. There were, I don't know, over 200 likes on it or something like that. And to wow. me, that's, that's pretty big. Um, and then comments came in and, and almost every post I've done, I've sold something. Oh, last lockdown down I did it and I just was posting pictures and I didn't get a response at all and I've just found myself to become extremely creative in everything that I'm doing little messages about the art have have helped as well and lots of stories and really taking social media the free resources that are out there as best as I can and, and using them to the best of my ability now are you still doing the 99 pieces of art yeah, so when my uh, two shows um, that are on right now became canceled, um, I extended for another month or for a full month for the one that's on right now. And then I asked my artists if they would like to do a 99 pieces of art on the wall show, which is a max of 99 pieces. And uh, within three days, the show was full. I had all of the art files and everything. They're actually all on our website now. I launched it a little bit early by accident yesterday. Whoops. <laughs> uh, technology is not always my friend. And uh, so they're on there right now as a preview. And everything is under $200. And they're all fairly small pieces. I think the biggest piece is 36 inches. And the oh. smallest one is 6 inches. And there's a range from $60 to 200 And uh, that's... I mean, I'm seeing it sort of as a fundraiser to keep us going, even though we don't call it that. But, you know, the $1,500 pieces are not selling. So 
you know, trying to package an idea. And I stopped doing the 99 pieces of art on the wall show a few years ago because it was so huge and we had such a good response, but it was frankly killing me. So <laughs> it was just so many people packed in the room and it was like pieces were coming down the wall as they were sold and being packed up and then out the door, you know, like <laughs> I, I was like on the run and I was just like, stressed and trying to enter the credit card information properly and there were a few times where I made mistakes and things like that and it was just intense and it was on me and so yeah. I decided to make a change and and then when I brought it back just a couple of weeks ago it was like boom full and I mean the response my artists are so supportive they're all so wonderful and they just want that opportunity to be out there and and be seen and mm -hmm. um you know, sales are great too, but just to, to get the message out that they're artists and, and sort of have their name on our wall and stuff like that. It's a really good feeling. Um, wow. well, you've, a, you, you've always been such a big supporter of that whole community yeah. and you yourself are an artist too, as well. And you do some amazing work. So, I mean, especially I, now when like sorry. we're in lockdown until January 8th, so mm -hmm. we're not going anywhere. So I would suggest going to Creatory and uh, checking out some of the artwork. I mean, that'd be a great uh, Christmas gift. And you know, Jordan, she'll run out to your car and give you your piece of art <laughs> <I> <laughs> personally, mm -hmm. you know, all within the COVID regulations, but oh no, it's so good to see you. It is so, good yeah, to see I'm you gonna, too. Um, yeah, I guess ladies, we all heard the news. We're gonna be like this till January 8th. My heart is broken. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was going a little stir crazy when it was just like not even the end of November. Um, Susie. <laughs> hmm. Well, and I don't think after January 8th, we'll all be running outside of our houses either, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, no. It wasn't a surprise to see that um, come down today, but um, yeah, it was disappointing for sure. But I, I think we're all, we're all feeling that. So, I mean... Like you said, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And what about your kids? Are they going back to school right after Christmas break or are they in that bubble where they have to be? Yeah, so two of them are in that bubble where they're going to be home for the two weeks after. Mm -hmm. And we've decided to keep our third home as well because there's no point in sending her with the other two at home and her possibly bringing, you know, if she was to yeah. bring anything home, like there's no point to it. So. Um, she was a little bit sad about that, I think, because she wanted to see her friends, but I you know, explained to her, like, here's why we're going to do it that way. And um, I think that uh, she understands, obviously, but um, yeah, it, it'll be uh, a good day when they can all go back to school for sure. They'll all be really happy about that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I know. It's just like, you're just going to have to pivot. I did want to mention, though, um, you know, besides Jordan, you know, doing all this for her artists and, you know, trying to bring some holiday cheer, there are so many other people in the community that are still doing great work. Um, I had mentioned before, I, I, you know, I let you girls in to the show about this Yvonne Peltier, who's been for 25 years making these gift bags for the families of, of babies in the neonatal unit at St. Boniface Hospital over the Christmas season and how this year she had to pivot she said, oh my goodness, you know, we have to have all of the items that go into the gift bags at the hospital 14 days ahead of time before even getting to package them because they all have to sit there and, oh, and, and uh, she's just all the hoops that she was going through, but she was still doing it. And then there's this other woman, uh, Carmela Wade, that's 
collecting 2,020 pairs of pajamas for 2020, and uh, hopefully, you know, giving a warm hug to all the needy school children that don't even have pajamas. And it's, you know, and, and somehow, some way, they're all making it work, and there's so many other people. So I'm, it's kind of heartwarming in a sense that way. I don't know. What do you think, Kirsten? Miss Pollyanna? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, I think, I think the truth of the matter, there's, there's so many stories like that, that we never even hear about. Mm -hmm. And I think the uh, motivation to do that is, is, uh, is, is not to be um, like, it's just so generous and giving, it's not to be talked about. But um, yeah, I, I, I wish we could almost um, recognize uh, more individuals who are making a difference and, and completely giving from their heart this time of year. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't, uh, we don't get enough opportunity to recognize them. And um, I think this year with COVID, I think people have, are slowing down a bit and um, you know, life's so different that I think hopefully more of that will happen. That's mm -hmm. my word. And I have to say, Jordan, I love the fact that you're, you're so keen in your enthusiasm to all the artists. My daughter loves art and uh, considers herself an artist. And so does Charlotte, absolutely, her daughter. And, I'll have uh, her get a hold of me. <laughs> yeah, and I know there's, there's such a, a healing piece for um, those who do struggle with a mental health uh, concern and art is such a mindful way for them to work through some, some uh, issues or that's been my experience, what I've seen. So um, I just think it's fantastic. You're working so hard to support um, your community. Thank you. Aww. Oh, and Charlotte, I have to mention, I do love your, your project of 31 days. Although now that with the news that we're here, to, <laughs> it's going to be hard to be <laughs> what you're grateful. So she's got this little project going. And Charlotte, you explain it. It's very, it's cute. It's wonderful. Oh, thanks, Tracy. I'm just doing 31 days of um, gratitudes on my uh, social media, just um, because it's something that I've been working on, and uh, and I know uh, Kirsten and I we work with a lot of families that we we, we talk a lot about gratitude. So I just thought I need to put my money where my mouth is. So um, each day I just post a, something for you to think about, and uh, lots of people are commenting to me personally or just on the social media. But uh, it's just another something uh, to keep us um, mindful and grateful in this crazy time. Hey, and I wanted to give Jordan a shout out. You know what? when you said that you were financing, you know, allowing people to finance purchasing of art, you just put me right back into my 20s when I had no money. I'm a huge collector of art and I especially collect local. And I used to beg art galleries. I'm like, please, I really need that painting and I have no money. So like, can we, you can keep it. I'll give you like 50 bucks a month till it's paid off. And I remember owners would laugh at me and, uh, but they saw how passionate I was. And uh, so thank you for doing that. Cause I know there's a lot of young people out there who want art. Um, just Definitely uh, always an option. Yeah. So. Aww, Thanks. Great. Oh, and Margo, I know that we had chatted uh, before and you know, you're going to start 2021 with a, a new kind of look too, with get started and, and the podcast. So, I mean, you know, I guess there are some good things in 2020, right? Yeah, gosh, you know what? It's it's so like everything that everyone's talking about here is just that that attitude of flipping the switch on creativity. Like, and you know, Jordan, the name of your company is perfect as creatory, but everything everyone's talking about in this conversation is 
how did someone do something and change it and be more creative to pivot to the times that we have to be in now? And I think, you know, we're fortunate that in this group of people here, we're, we have that piece of our brain that can work on overdrive, right? And can go into, okay, this doesn't work, but like creatively now, how do I change and make it work, right? And um, some stuff was already happening, like you're mentioning with the show for us, Tracy. So um, with the podcast, we're gonna be doing it a podcast next season. We've got a whole video shoot all lined up. Obviously with not being able to do interviews in person, that's gonna like take away a little bit from this whole video shoot we had planned to expand the show but we're finding kind of creative ways to still use that and still make the quality strong. And, um, you know, like Tracy's got an awesome studio that she has built in this time that she's in now, you know, so we've all been able to use that. And I think that's really like a testament to, yes, and you can see Tracy's cool different angles, um, but testament to, <laughs> to all of you really, right? Like all those things you're describing, Jordan, and even, you know, Charlotte with your personal endeavor of posting things, it's all of us finding our own little ways to be creative and kind of stay sane and, you know, on a personal level, we did, uh, I challenged my, my friends, but other people have joined in who were just in my kind of network to do a 2K a day challenge from now through the new year. So just going outside physically to do any kind of activity for two kilometers minimum. So if you ski soon, great, but for now everyone's just walking. And because otherwise, like a lot of us working from our homes, if you never have to leave the house and then you're done work in the dark, especially where we live, it becomes hard to leave the house. And then we all kind of talk a little bit about that mental health piece, right? And we all have different ways of coping with that. I kind of said to my friends, let's just try and get fresh air. And the, you know, people said, well, what about a treadmill? And I said, no, the two kilometers outside is the whole point. <laughs> Breathe the fresh air, go outside. And it's funny now because people will do it without, just because they feel like they have to, because there's this accountability within our little group now. And I'll we'll get messages every day in the group of people saying, I really didn't want to walk today, but I did it. And, you know, I found $20 on the street or I didn't want to do it. And I saw these beautiful Christmas lights that someone had put up. And, you know, so there's always like this positive story from it. So I think it's just encouraging you and your network to find those creative ways to stay connected. And it's hard. It takes energy to be creative, but there are, there are small ways to do it that can go a long way. Well, so that leads me to Rana. <laughs> Ronner with her gorgeous hair. Thanks to castor oil. I, I will never, you know what, that, that is my standout moment in 2020. <laughs> castor oil? Yeah. Castor oil, like everybody. Oh, Andrea, gosh, that's the beauty tip. Hey, we're no salons until January 8th. So <laughs> go. Perfect. I'm taking that tip. Yeah. It works. It oh, works. No, Susie, I'm telling what's you. Gonna do? Susie, what are you going to um, do? Yeah, with no. Your and, you know, uh, Jordan, you're, you're amazing. I mean, I just literally want to go on your site right now and be like, what can I get? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. But, aw, hey, baby. Aw. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, uh, I think just kind of what Margot's saying, you know, uh, when you find the solution, like when you're in that moment and you have to come up with a solution and you have to be creative to basically survive, um, it actually, it, it's encouraging, right? It gives you a little bit more confidence. Um, it kind of pulls you out of that little hole that you were kind of in. Uh, it gives you that little bit of a push that you've kind of came up with something. Because I think that when you're in the hole, and I, and I don't want to call it the hole, but I, I am because people are calling it that, just when you're kind of stuck, um, when you come up with solutions uh, to resolve something or to solve something, um, it, it helps you. It helps you your confidence, it helps you emotionally, it helps you mentally. So, I mean, everything's kind of interconnected, but I'm bummed. I just, I was hoping to, you know, 
not be stuck like this for another month, but um, it is what it is. You know, I think uh, the goal is just we all stay safe and, you mm -hmm. know, I am kind of curious about vaccines though, and I don't know how everyone else is um, kind of monitoring. Yeah, they've, launch yeah. they've launched them already in England. And I yeah. think this, the states will get them within a few days. And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Susie, there's talk that we're going to get something in a week or two. I'm not too sure. Oh, sooner than that. Like, I thought it was right away. Yeah, they're, I think they said in the press today that they're planning for early, um, early stocks to come in and um, to get it to the most, uh, most vulnerable first, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, they were just oh. talking about that on how it's, you know, people are some are some are looking at the vaccine as the light out of the tunnel and everything's going to be great. But then others are saying, well, that's just the light at the end of the tunnel. The tunnel is very long and dark and that'll take a long time. And, you know, and and this, but talking mostly about the states, it's about trying to convince those that don't want to take the vaccine. And, you know, I think there is going to be a lot of controversy and a lot of people anxious about whether or not to take it. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of what I was, uh, what I was suggesting. There's just a lot of dialogue, you know, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of conversation, uh, definitely happening in little silos, but they're happening, you know, about, well, I wouldn't let my mom take it. I'm going to wait for this amount of time to happen to make sure. So that kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Um, I think that conspiracy theories and, you know, like the woo stuff, like, let's just, <laughs> let's just <laughs> do our research. Uh, and figure it out but I mean you to be honest with you, I mean I'm laughing but you really can't mock that stuff because people are genuinely uh concerned right like has there been enough research um you know would there be side effects to this so mm -hmm. it's not that the concern that, I, that I'm mocking it's just the fact that um you know there's not a lot of other outs right like it's the vaccine it stays you know like there's not a lot of solutions to this issue so um, we'll see what happens, but I think I'm I'm kind of paying attention to those conversations a little bit because I'm curious. Like I, I want to know uh, what would make somebody like encourage someone to get that vaccine. What's holding people back? Uh, it's pretty interesting, you know. I don't know. Do you and do you think this conversation and it could be uh, be a very hot topic? I mean, um, even amongst your friends or even amongst your relatives, like. I'm kind of like to thinking of, you know, how the states were when we had that whole show about, you know, between Biden and Trump and the people that were so, so you know, such strong believers on one camp and the others, such strong believers. I don't know, like, and, and this will actually play into households, right? Correct? Oh, absolutely. Because if all of you don't buy it, if you into have it. kids, if you have kids, you've already you've already hopefully educated yourself on vaccinations. There yeah. are tons of information resources out there right now that are available for people to understand. And there was a great Twitter um, post from um, a uh, microbiologist and infectious disease expert that explained it for like lay people to understand how this vaccine is going to work. Yeah. Which is very cool. So I'll share it on Winnipeg Mom today. Yeah. Um, but uh, like kids get booster shots in grade four, you get the HPV vaccine through schools here in grade six. Like there's, there's no shortage of information and opportunity to educate yourself on this topic. So um, Dr. Fauci was um, 
in a, in a media clip last week talking about um, why we're here at this point. And basically it's because of all the science, not woo-woo as Rana would say, it's because of science and evidence-based research that we are so fortunate to have those resources and that evidence-based research to be where we are today. So it is really a feat of science. There's no mystery here. It is science that we should be thankful for as to how we got here. So I think that's great. And we should be very thankful to the scientists and to the nurses, doctors, researchers, everybody who's working so hard to help us with this vaccine. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah. No, it, no, it is amazing. I've never, and I don't think anybody in, in our lifetime has seen something like this happen so quickly. So true enough. I'll be keen on taking it. Just I have uh, type one diabetes. I'm high risk. Um, I work with a lot of people. I'm in line. I'm ready. Give it to me right now. Like I'm, I'm so ready. It's interesting because it's definitely a, a thing that's come up at work and business too. Because mm -hmm. it, the, I think the conversation that we've had is, can we make it mandatory in a business setting? And that's the part that's um, I'm pretty sure we can't. But um, it is a you know you mentioned kids get different vaccinations. My kids at home, they get their vaccinations. So it might just become that, but um, that is a bigger business kind of conversation. Like, is it mandatory that you have to have it for your employees? Right? No, that's so, so I true. think and one of the things that hasn't been touched on, and I'm waiting for someone to do, or maybe I'm doing it right now uh, mm -hmm. to talk about is that if you want to look at an industry that mitigates risk, it's the insurance industry, right? So we are looking at COVID long haulers now and all the health effects that are going to be coming out of that. You will soon see industries, uh, insurance industries and their companies stop covering these pre-existing conditions. So if you contracted COVID, you will not be covered for future coverage, right? That is how this industry is going to pivot and be able to save itself from those claims. So look at that and that will be coming, I'm sure of it, because they will not be able yeah. to afford to pay out those kinds of premiums and to pay out those kinds of benefits. And that's right, already, that's how things yeah. evolved, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Thank you, Susie, that's already happened. <laughs> yes, uh, the insurers are, have all pivoted and uh, so they've um, definitely a lot of different wording now has been put into policies. So, um, so things like that. I was going to ask Andrea too. Um, banks, big corporations. You know, you go to Toronto and all those super high skyscrapers and gorgeous office buildings. <gasps> I, I don't see them. I, I kind of see workspaces in all of those in the financial world, in the insurance world, any of these businesses. The workplace is really going to look different. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how things are going to pivot. We currently, um, we normally have in downtown Toronto 1,200 employees, mm -hmm. and I think about 95% of them are still work from home. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're completely work from home until January, and now that's been extended. So uh, it's very interesting, and even like is it necessary for them to go in or is there modified schedules? And it's not even going into the office because you can space. It's access to the elevators, access mm -hmm. to the restrooms that are in these old buildings that can no longer, um, you know, you, you can't even meet requirements. So, and, and jobs are changing. Like I normally am every other week on the road between Calgary, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Winnipeg, and, and all of a sudden since March, I'm here, I'm in my home. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. It's very different being, uh, and the role I was in previous to this, I was a VP of operations for Canada for insurance and group benefits company. And uh, 
it, you know, I was traveling every week, so it's very different how it's going to change everyone's worlds and, and technology is, is luckily come a long way. So it's can, it can help out, but um, I don't know if we'll ever be exactly the same, to be honest, or if people will be comfortable um, in such large groups anymore at this point. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Definitely more remote is coming. Yes. Yes. And I mean, even the conversation that we're having here, I mean, it, 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 it is intimate, but it, it would be so much more if we were all like in one room and, and people kind of bouncing off ideas. So, you know, spinning that off on Jordan, right? You're a creative person and being able to, and, um, you know, even in, the, in Charlotte and, and Kirsten's world to be with the parents, to see those people and to have that personal contact. How is that? I, I mean, that is obviously going to look a lot different. And, you know, how are we all going to feel when we actually can be in the room together? Are we still all going to be like standing <laughs> six feet apart? I know my business will be hugely affected if we can't get back together in groups because we do receptions. They're packed with yeah. people, music events, performances, fringe. We don't know yet if fringe 2021's booking from 2020 is going to be able to be open for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that look like to us? Are we going to have to do fringe online? I mean, that's a possibility, but will fringe do that? And so I'm actually connected to a lot of other organizations within my organization. I support a lot of people, like a lot of people. So I'm just slightly worried about that. And, you know, every two weeks we were having receptions for the last 14 years. And then my four years before that, my former gallery was every week or every two weeks. So I've been in this business for almost 20 years and it's just, it's such a huge change for me. You know, I was okay with doing no receptions and just having people come in because I did notice a huge difference in that people were engaging more with the art instead of with all their friends and stuff like that. It was really oh, great. So they're actually paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And people were <laughs> buying art and they were buying art you know, happily so, and they were happy to see the artist and actually connect with the artist for a long period of time, because with receptions, you know, you get five minutes with the artist, and, and yeah. then you're lucky if you get five, um, and, and you're not crowd hopping as much, so if the artist can be in attendance, I did notice a huge change, and I suppose that is the positive to COVID, that mm-hmm. um, artists were really, really got to see who they, who their audience was, and, um, explain their art and and stuff like that like that was huge um but yeah yeah, all that reception stuff I kind of missed because that was also my social life I'm a huge introvert so I felt surrounded by people (laughs) all the time and yeah now it's kind of (laughs) quiet but anyway that's my Uh, take on it well you know what that's interesting that when you talk about that people were buying art and freely and and maybe it's that something that Andrea and Susie can attest. I mean, Susie, you've got this you know, the great program, you know, Save Manitoba Restaurants, but, you know, whole shop local. And I, and I think there is definitely a movement this year that's been started. And I think it is sustainable. Um, Andrea, have obviously, there has been, you've noticed changes in how people are spending money or not having money. Um, what can you project what will happen in 2021? Still that apprehension? Yeah, look, I, th- I think that um, 
we're definitely, you know, telling business owners to be resilient and to keep persisting because it's going to come back and the economy is going to come back and people are really showing interest in buying more local. We're trying to support anything we're doing with more local businesses or, you know, the business in a box. And I saw you had UB2, I, I um, know Angie as well. And uh, so we definitely are trying to stay as connected as, as possible with our local entrepreneurs and People are still wanting to support, and I think that you will see more online, but the more we can get out there, the online options and abilities. Um, I'm also a board member on MTC, so very familiar with the arts side and how we're having to try to figure out to, to pivot there and like how can we still support our local artists in, in different ways um, or different programming options or different interactive ways to get them back into um, talking to artists and meeting with artists and things like that. So not, not that that's on the local business necessarily, but it still is like the local artist business and how do we keep supporting them? So I think that people are much more interested in doing that. And um, the more we can figure out how to leverage technology and our digital presence is just critical. And I know that, um, you know, besides staying resilient and using your network, um, pivoting to digital and pivoting to different options that you need to look at right now is just critical. You really need to take a look at your business as a small business owner, any business owner, any person right now um, and figure out how can I be more digital and how can I engage with customers more digitally and leverage those resources I have and whether that's, you know, reaching out through LinkedIn or Facebook yeah, or Instagram or anything. Well, and Margot and Susie, right? Because Susie, you know, you were saying too, there's some restaurants that aren't online or some small businesses that just don't have the capacity. And then Margot with your Tech Manitoba, right? It, that's a huge issue. Tech isn't easily available to a lot of people. Yeah, you know, certainly we have that conversation often about digital literacy and access and broadband connectivity, depending where you're located. So that's all certainly like on the surface of the conversation that that it exists, whether, you know, whether we believe it does or not, there is certainly a huge uh, disparity in connectivity across our province um, and across our country. But, you know, one of the interesting things, too, that that Andrea and Jordan both touched on is this like need to kind of change what we're doing, right? And, and really pivot to that online world. But what I think is often not realized is how much work doing online events and online, you know, elements to your business really are. So I think, you know, with Jordan, someone might listen and say, well, you know, if you used to have a mixer in person, do the mixer online and just have your artists and have people be able to talk to them. Great. That takes probably one and a half people to organize it than you had before, which is so counterintuitive. People think I'm doing it online now. It should be easier for me, right? But you know, at Tech Manitoba, our event manager, her job has only become larger. And we have tons of companies asking us tech-wise, hey, what platform are you using? How do you use it well? Like, how do you ensure people actually still have fun and want to come back and are engaged? And can they actually talk to each other? Or are they just watching and then they're distracted and they're not actually paying attention? Now, you know, it wasn't worth all our time organizing. And all those things are very valid. And in fact, what we've found is it takes more human power than it did before to run a virtual event, even if it looks the exact same as what an in-person version would have been, of course, with whatever technical changes you would may be making. So that's a misconception. I think a lot of people managing teams or giving advice are saying, you know, you can just, just do it online, do the same thing online. It's not that simple. Technologies also can be expensive for the platforms that really are the good ones to use for mm -hmm. this stuff. And learning how to use those platforms can be a full-time job to do it well, you know? And so, 
that's that's a tricky aspect that I think leaders and managers really need to think hard about before kind of prescribing to their teams or thinking they can just like easily do it. And that's a hard thing to say, but it's true. Yeah, you know, I would say it's not. I think too. I yeah. think too that there's a lot of, um, especially for small businesses who are strapped for resources, time and money. There's been a lot of um, ignorance around digital and you know e-com and moving to those platforms and that technology. And they figured I don't need it. I don't need to learn it. Well, now they're late to the game, right? So they're struggling to catch up and they're finding that it's a challenge as Margo was saying, and you know, it's one of those things where, you know, oh, how hard can it be? And it's just like, well, actually it's quite hard. And if you want to do it well, then it takes an investment in your business to make sure that you have those resources and that technology. And of course, uh, if you're if you're looking at an online event, what is what is the one thing that you always have at an event is an AV or tech support? Well, where are you going to find that in this day and age to be with you or to walk you through these things? Like all of those things take resources and they take time and they take money. And if you weren't investing in those before, you're kind of slow to the game now and you're trying to catch up. So yeah. the 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 red flag for 2020 would be you can't stop investing in technology you can't stop investing in digital and you can't stop investing in learning about your business right business changes so much and if it's one thing that we've all learned this year is that change is constant and you don't want to wake up one day and be on the losing end of technology and advancement right you have to keep going and you have to understand how to best serve your customers and where they need you to be and Susie, you make a great point when you said about AV in an in-person event, you still need that exact same AV budget, if not possibly more for a virtual event. So don't think that you're like getting rid of an AV cost. You might actually be increasing it, which seems unfathomable to some people, but it's actually what we're seeing to have a good version of your event. Well, and we're all here. Okay, so we're nine people chatting on this live show right now. What people don't see is the team of five or six that Tracy has running all of this behind the scenes right now, like Graham and everybody else. Everyone thinks that we just hopped on Facebook and it, this just happened. No, that is not the case at all. This takes a lot of time, a lot of prep and a lot of energy to put this together on a regular basis. Never mind if you just wanted to try it once and see how it goes you know mm -hmm. kind of thing it takes a lot of time and energy for sure yep. i can say that with tech manitoba and world trade center winnipeg we've collaborated to offer e-commerce training for specifically setting up a shopify store so if there are people like you're talking about susie who are realizing now oh gosh we really need to get our product online and it's a physical thing you can sell through a tool like shopify which is there are others you can use too that's just one of the good kind of preliminary ones to get you started well, and it's very robust as well. So you can grow on there. But so we're offering workshops under $50 for a three-part intensive workshop where by the end, you can go from having no store to having an actual store online. Amazing. So that's, look that up on either Tech Manitoba's website or WTC. So the World Trade Center Winnipeg has that on their website too. Add that, add that in the chat box there, uh, Margo, because okay. I'm sure there's going to be businesses and, and for sure, um, Andrea, make sure that your email, uh, emails on the chat box too as well and feel free ladies to share any of this information on your social medias and facebook's you know for any of your friends that are interested linda you've been sitting and listening now <laughs> oh and i forgot because i asked everybody to bring their favorite holiday drink i was wondering because i was getting a little parched so you know you know me uh, you know <laughs> I, I was just um it's almost uh, four o'clock oh okay it's almost four o'clock oh my gosh cheers um <laughs> Uh, I was thinking, Andrea, when you were talking about, uh, you know, leveraging, uh, you know, that so many people are working remotely, like you said, like 95% of people are working remotely, people are online, people are 
lost your audio. We're in these, I've got art, like it's not, it's not art. <laughs> and to me, that would be a great fit for, you know, going into 2021 is promoting local art. Like we all, if you look at all of our screens, we have art behind us. And, you know, promoting, you know, people buying things to have behind them, you know, and, and being able to market and saying this is a local Winnipeg artist. I think that'd be a great, yeah, look at, <laughs> look at. Are all those yours, Jordan? Oh, you're, you're muted. Muted. Yeah. Sorry, that's all my work behind me. I'm actually in my studio. I'm not in our gallery right now. Yes. There you yeah, go. I can see. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, the, the reality is, is what everyone was saying is, you know, change is here. Like it, it's, it, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. This is the, you know, this is a reality. I'm super appreciative of the fact that I get to see all of you at three o'clock on a Tuesday and <laughs> learn from amazing people and these creative minds and talents it really is phenomenal. I wouldn't be having this experience if it hadn't been for COVID. So I am kind of grateful for this right now, Charlotte. Like I'm like, I'm very grateful that I get to be in a room full, a digital room full of amazing, strong leaders. Um, so, you know, I think there are possibilities. And as Margo was saying, you know, the, the, the fact is that entrepreneurs are have that ability to switch our mindsets and change and grow with the time. So, you know, I, I just, I, I see incredible, incredible possibilities coming from this. So thanks Jordan for, and, and Andrea for sharing all, all that you're doing right now. Cause it's, it really is very inspiring. Aww. Charlotte. Oh, you're, you're, you know, I'm just envious because I see I see your your photos on Instagram too. You're playing with little sparkly filters. Linda has that filter too. <laughs> see, I know. And Ron, I love all those pictures, throwback pictures with your friends. There, you know, and all your many Rana looks. Oh my goodness, girl. <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh because there's no new ones. So every time there's a new <laughs> I memory, I feel everyone's doing that. Eh? You're going to your Facebook memories, being like, oh, that was a good time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, no. but yeah, you know, it just reminds you and uh, I had a good conversation with some of my girls last night just about like, you know, we're not taking it for granted next time, you know, but, you know, it's, I think, I think there's a lot of appreciation for, for good friends and good connections coming out of this and you kind of look back and you're like, man, I loved being around these people and, but to be fair, I think you also may note some people who are probably energy stealers and uh, people who maybe weren't the best for you. Um, so I'm also finding that to be something mm -hmm. that's happening, which is kind of nice, you know? So yeah. if you're forced into it, no big deal. But just going back to the conversation, just because I wanted to make a point on uh, something we said before um, about how it would be when everything kind of came back. Um, when it was code orange, before it went back to code red, mm -hmm. you know, people weren't totally off you know I mean uh restaurants were open albeit socially distanced um you know I was still I was starting to have meetings out um and, and it, people were pretty normal uh they weren't so actively hugging each other maybe you know maybe they weren't so quick to you know throw your arms around someone um but but it wasn't I, I didn't feel it totally different if anything I felt people were super excited to be together so just on that point um 
you know, I think there will be changes, but not as drastic as we believe. Yeah. Well, I hope so. And Kirsten, what are you drinking? Well, I was sitting here very quietly because I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to bring wine. I know. Three o'clock you. And I have my nice little <laughs> glass of wine. And then I'm like, shoot, nobody has wine. Did I get this wrong? So I'm really glad to see you have your wine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree with uh, Ron. I don't think things are going to be going back um, anytime soon to the way they were. But um, yeah, I wasn't surprised about the extension today and, and how things are going to uh, uh, roll out until the 8th. And I'm sure possibly beyond that. But um, yeah, just staying positive and, and grateful, like Charlotte's been posting. And um, yeah, very lucky my family uh, is all healthy and happy. And, and we haven't been horribly impacted by this. And I'm not saying that lightly, because this is horrible. And um, but we we've been okay. So yeah, well, no, it's always good, because I know you're, you're kind of the one that always looks at the silver lining or the good things in it. And it makes it seem all better after talking to you. <laughs> well, I, I can't I can't take my head and you start going down those long dark roads and it's going to be a while. I just get, oh, I can't go there. So I'm just I'm just taking it yeah. day by day and staying positive. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlotte, you still out at the cottage? I am, Tracy. I, I'm hanging out here. Um, so jealous. uh, And I was, you know, it's interesting because what Margo was saying about the 2K a day, um, I find that I'm more active out here. I go for a walk every day. Um, I was sitting way too much at home. Like I would literally go from the bedroom to the kitchen, get my coffee, go to my office and stay there till (laughs) I went to sleep. And at least this gives me a little bit more um, activity. But can I add one thing about what you were saying earlier? Because when we were talking about, um, you know, being online and the difference between being in person and online um, for Kirsten and I, we spent a lot of time one-on-one with families, like in Mm -hmm. person and you can read people really well when you see them in person and it gets a little bit trickier to read them online. And so part of what you're only seeing you're not seeing the full body language. Yeah. And so in our training and as well as in our, our peer support groups, there's usually two of us and one's just, they're watching to see what's going on with a person and checking in because um, it's really important just to see, you know, if someone's struggling and they're trying to hold it all together that, you know, we can go into a breakout room and have a, a one-on-one conversation and just see where they're at. Um, and it's really appreciative. Mm-hmm. So I'm always saying to people, you know, who are working on Zoom, you know, pay attention to what you're seeing. And especially if they go off camera, you know, just say, Hey, everything. Okay. I'm just checking in with you. And that it's, that part's really important. Um, just because people are struggling, like the, uh, the increase in stress and anxiety and mental health issues is, is on the, on the rise. Um, no, I mean, we'll always, yeah, we'll always have these conversations, I think for a long, long time. And especially now how people, people react differently too, right. With the news of another more than a month you know, to go, uh, you know, of being in isolation, especially for those that have mental health issues. Yeah. And I just think that isolation piece, getting creative of how you can support, you know, your friends and family who are, you know, living alone or, you know, a little bit isolated, just try to make an effort to include them in something. I know I was texting my cousin yesterday about what we're giving each other's kids. And then I was like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we usually have dinner once a month. And so you kind of go into that and then, you know, we got to get together on FaceTime and, you know, that, that conversation, but physically set a, a time a to see them. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. 
Good idea. Wow. Well, you know what? Thank you so much, everybody who's got a, a drink in hand. Cheers to, to all. And uh, so next week, well, Tuesday, we'll be back at our regular time at 1130. And it will be our last show of 2020. We'll, we'll discuss whether what 2021 looks for the Hue virtual chat, because I don't know. Um, I don't think we're going anywhere. I'm not going to have Susie and Rana on my set yet quite, but <laughs> soon, soon. Oh, and, I, and Andrea, next week we're going to have Kelly um, from oh, Royal NTP. So I know, that, let's not break the news yet. I know that they have a Christmas treat. So I want to talk about that and how so many of the, uh, you know, different arts groups and stuff like that are doing their thing. So that's why I was so happy to have Jordan on today. And um, yeah, so, and that's yeah. a good discussion. What are arts and culture look like? Because that's a huge, huge community. And, and it's part of our, it's part of us. It's part of what makes Winnipeg, Winnipeg. So um, so we'll have yeah. some of uh, those people on and seeing how we can spread some more cheer and support them. So yeah, stay safe. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you. Thank so you good to see me. you, Jordan. Bye. Bye. Love nice you, Susie. See you. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye, Linda. Bye. Bye. Bye, Kirsten. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeq.com, podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast. But we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.